Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Davav in Maseches Sukkah. Okay. So, we were away, uh, I was away for the weekend. This is uh, Mazel Tov, this first time I'm getting back this early from a New York trip. So, I'm very excited. We're going to hopefully have Tzalasa Meruba Michamasa over here. Uh, we're going to learn more Davim. So, even though it's going to be the summertime, we're going to learn a lot of Maseches Sukkah. It's been incredible. And we start nine lines up from the bottom of Hayam and Bays. And there was a discussion in Dafhei, okay, about where we learn the tenth Fachim, do we learn it from the Aron, the Shiurim, right? We talked about the Shiurim of the dimensions of the Sukkah, obviously, right? So we said nine lines up from the top that it has to be, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it's a halacha l'moshe misinai, that the Shear for the Sukkah has to be halacha l'moshe misinai, for, for the height, right? We're talking about the height of the uh, of the Kruvim, how do we know that since Rabbi, that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a sukkah that has less than uh, interior space, right, less than the tenth fachim, how do we know that a uh, high, where does he get that from? So we say it has to be Allah Moshe Sinai, El Rabbi Yehuda, Hilchas Akamir, Allah, the Amar of Chia, Barashi, Barav, Shiurin, Chatzitin, Umechitin, Allah Moshe Sinai. Famous statement of Chia Barashi in the name of Rav. That shirin, which means, right, like the shear of, let's say, Rashi has an interesting comment here. So shirin, so is Rashi. Shel isurin. Kigon kezais lechol achilas iser. Chotzeves leyom kippur. Sound familiar? Remember Chotzeves, Maseches Yuma? Uh, that's the shear of eating. Now, uh, Rabbi Ari Libut's a great Dafyomi master, points out. Why are you pointing out le iser? There's also a shear achilas matzah of kezais as well. So he had a he had a novel. He didn't he himself didn't even remember where he said it. Usually I quote Rabbi Leibowitz. He has a source that he remembers, and I don't remember what his source was. But here I remember that he didn't remember what his source was. And but but it's a very it's a novel idea. I I don't know if I'll even say it right, but it has something to do with when you have a chiyuv achila of achilas matzah. So it makes sense. Remember when we had on on uh, in Yuma? It makes sense that in order to be considered eating. It has to be a certain amount, right? Otherwise, it's not eating. Otherwise, it's taima, right? Otherwise, it's tasting. But you, one might have thought that for iser, it's like you have to stay away. You can't even touch that stuff. But that is a chiddush lakula that isurin, right? For isurin for achila would be a kazais that you don't have the iser until you have a certain amount. That was what Ari Leibowitz. As I was driving back from New York, I thought of something else, but I can't, we have to move on. I can't remember what it was right now, but I remember thinking at the time, that's a great idea. Hopefully I remember it tomorrow. Anyway, that's shiurin. Okay. Chatzitzin is what would constitute a chatzitza for uh, dunking in a mikvah, as we'll see. And mechitzin is the mechitzos of Shabbos, as Rev. Gross Shlita uh, always points out, that when we learned Maseches Erevin recently, right, the, there's two aspects to Erevin. One is the shita for, right, of the, Right, the bread that you put in, in the person's house that sits, the matzah that sits in uh, Rabbi Heinemann's shul, right, in the Aguda. Um, and the other one is the actual physical mechitzos. So all of those, that was a famous statement of Rav, that those are halachal Moshe Misenai. Can't discuss this without talking about, right, the, there's a famous, a well-known uh, Rambam that's brought out. All these shurim, this was, might sound familiar to you because there was a Gemara at the end of Yuma where we talked about all the shurim uh, coming from uh, for, um, from Halacha L'Moshe Misenai. That is a concept that the Rambam says that nobody argues on the Shira Halacha L'Moshe Misenai. I, we see argument right here. We see argument all over the place, all over Shas on Shiurin. 
and therefore, how could it be that uh, Ramam is saying that Allah Moshe Misenai is not argued on? And so, okay, there's a well-known, so you'll hear this all over the place, the brisk of Rav. Uh, there's the Maritzchias. Have I ever seen a Maritzchias inside? Not necessarily, but you sound like you know what you're talking about when you say Maritzchias, uh, if I'm saying it correctly. This, like, this idea, fundamentally, that, yes, of course, the idea that certain things are Halacha uh, the concepts are brought down. Basically, they don't say the same thing, the Breskar of the Maratzchias, but the basic concept is that we know there's two ways of saying it. One, you could say, no, the, the, the metric system, so to speak, if that were the metric, the system, so that was Halacha So, for example, it's unusual, and we discussed this at the end of humor. Remember, we had the big, huge egg, and we said, why is it not a small kabeza? Why is it not a large beza? Uh, when we talked about Koseves, as we'll see. Um, all those things, those measurements are Lachal Moshe Misinai, Beitz, Kazais, Kosevis. However, how to apply it can be, uh, can be argued. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it, you might recall from Masechus Yuma, that the measurements were, were sent down Lachal Moshe Misinai, but then um, they were forgotten, right? And then the Bezdin of, of Yeshua's Talmud, right, reinstated it. So once you have a Bezdin reinstating it, uh, a couple of generations later, so I think it's the Maratzchias was quoted by Rabbi Lee, which is saying that it's that, those halachas that can be debated, right? Because that's already not passed down uh, without interruption, that was some debate as to what was passed down. Be that as it may, that's important because the whole daf vavam et alf, when we do get there, is going to discuss what we're going to say now, which is where Andrew wanted to start, which is shirim der raisa ninhu. You might recall this from Ervin daf dalit and other places. The Pasuk, the Pasuk says, right, this is the Kasha of the Gemara. The Gemara says, what do you mean it's Lachal Moshe Misenai? It's written Befeyosh in the Torah. How so? Dichsev, because the Pasuk famously says, famously says with regards to Eretz Yisrael, that it's an Eretz Chitao Sara, Gefen Vitei Mon, Eretz Zeis Shemen Udvash. Wow. The, all the meaning for which the, right, Eretz Yisrael Nishbech Ba, that we praise Eretz Yisrael, for all the beauty and the, and, and the exceptionality of the fruit, Riley Woods quoted a, a source that you see the Chavivus of Eretz Yisrael to Chazal, that they use this Pasuk that tells you how beautiful and wonderful Eretz Yisrael is to learn the Shiurim from. Okay. The Amar of Chanin, and there's a, and as to that, ad, to that point, Rav Chanin says, call a Pasuk Hazel, Nemar, that that Pasuk is all the Shiurim. This is what? This is such a, famous thing, this shows up in so many Gemaras, that in Yuma, when we brought up the idea of the Shurim not being the Arisa, and this Pasuk wasn't quoted, that prompted Rashi to change the Girsa to say that it, instead of Shurim the Arisa Ninhu, Onshin the Arisa Ninhu, to change the Girsa of the Gemara, because that Gemara didn't have this piece that we're about to learn now. That's how famous this piece is. We've already seen this piece uh, before. And in Ervin, so we're going to have good Chazara now. But it's just, I thought it's fascinating to note that this piece is so well known that the absence of it in Yuma prompted the Rashi to assume that the Gersa was not the Shiurim, but the Onshin. Okay, so now, without further ado, let's, let's dig in here. How is this Eretz Chitasara Gefen Tanai Ramon Eretz referring to Shiurim? So, as follows. Says the Gemara, Chita, Eretz Chita, right? So, how's Chita Shiurim? Levaisa Menuga. It's talking about a house that gets saras. Really? The Tanan, Aniklas Levaisa Menuga, sure enough, it says in a Mishnah in Nagaim that if a person enters uh, a Baisa Menuga, Vechelavak Sefav, means that what? Instead of wearing his clothing, 
right? Usually you say the shirt on your back, but shirt on your back usually means you're wearing it. This is, no, you're not wearing it. It's literally on your back, like you're carrying it uh, slung over your shoulders, okay? Instead of wearing your shoes and your rings on your hands and feet, you're actually carrying them in your hands. Who, what's going on here? Well, there is a lesser tumma for just walking into a house. We know that a house can become tame. So if you walked into a house, you're like, oh, Ah, I didn't realize this house was Tame. Then you have a few minutes, actually, of Kadeachilas Pras, which becomes relevant in a second. You have uh, the Kadeachilas Pras, which is already Liebowitz points out, anywhere between three and nine minutes to get out of there. If you get out of there within the allotted time, okay, your clothing don't become Tame right away. You're going to get Tame right away, but it gives you a chance to get out. But that's the clothing that you're wearing. But if you're carrying your clothing in your hands or slung over your shoulders, then just like you, those clothing are going to become tummy right away and you're going to have to be metahir them. What's, again, the allotted period of time? Shehiyah kadeachilas pras. What does anything, what does any of this have to do with chita? Because that is the shear of kadeachilas pras. Eating certain breads takes longer than eating certain other breads. And so the shear for a kadeh, achilas pras, is wheat bread. Chita. As it says in the Pasuk Chita. So let's get to Vav of and says, Hayalavush keilav, esandalav, veraglav, etabosav, etabosav, hutamemiyad. If you're wearing those things as a norm, in, in a normal fashion, that's considered, uh, then you're going to have the extra time. Meaning, hutamemiyad, you're going to be tame right away, as is normally the halacha. However, vehen tahor, nachishig, vechadeh, achilas pras. But the clothing on your, uh, that you're actually wearing, are going to have that extra leeway of time. And what's the Kadesh Kadeh Achilas Pras? The shear is determined by what, says the Gemara? Paschitin velo orin. How long it takes to eat wheat bread, not barley bread. Wow. Wheat bread, not barley bread, and Mesa Ochel Belivson. Not just wheat bread, but wheat bread with dips. Aha. That's what Chita is trying to teach you. Wheat bread. With dips, which is to say the normal way of eating. Uh, that's, that's a classic when you're having guys over for Shabbos. Uh, you have a lot of London broil, but you also have to have a lot of bread with dips because they're, they're bottomless pits, these yeshiva guys. We, we were dealing with that for, for many years in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Baruch Hashem. Okay. So anyway, this seems to be, right, this whole is, thing is supposed to be showing that Shurim are written in the Torah. I'll give it away. We're gonna, at the end, we're going to say, is this really... Is this really what the Torah means when it says chita geffen tena? In other words, we're learning limudim. So we're going to say maybe it's not exactly where the source is for kedechilas pras chita. Maybe it's an asmachta. But I've said too much. We're going to get to that. But let's first analyze the whole pasuk. That's going to end up taking us through most of the uh, 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 next few lines, certainly. So ora. So chita, we said. So ora ditnan. We learn in a Mishnah in Olos. Etzem kisaram etamem b'magov masa. The, the human bone, right, has to have a certain size in order to, for, for you to get tumma through it, right? And that is going to have to be through maga umasa, direct contact, or being carried, as we discussed when we talked about all those tumma and tara sugyas in Masechah Shabbos. But that size is not yet going to be metam be'ohel, as Rashi, right, says um, uh, over here. It points out, first of all, you might recall, when we talked about the sa'ora, 
we said that this in earlier in Masechus Yuma, we talk about that particular reference to barley. This was recent. Is a dry barley in its shell. Remember, we said that if it's moist barley, it's called something else, um, right? Sometimes it's called shiboles. Sometimes it's called something else. Seora uh, specifically when it's dry, and in its shell is when it is seora. Uh, anyway, that's the shear of the amount of. Uh, of the size that a bone fragment would have to be to be metame b'maga of masa. Ohel would have to be obviously a larger shear. It would have to be either, we said, like a full uh, bone or a kazayas, uh, as we said. But be that as it may, that's the seora. It's that barley that is metame b'maga of masa. Fine. Gefen. What is that? Kedei revius yayin nazir. Here, this is wild. Revius yayin nazir. Well, Geffen, yeah. Geffen is, is quite direct. It's talking about how much it would be uh, a Nazir Bichayev. Now, Rashi here points out the Nazir is not only Chayev for wine. All grape things are, chay, are, are usurv to the Nazir. And therefore, some things are solids, some things are liquids. This prompts Rashi to point out that the reason why it's talking about Geffen and yain, in particular, a revius yain, is because of the surface tension of wine versus the surface tension of water. And it's the displacement of, thus the displacement of water when you put solids in a cup would be different than the displacements of wine. And it is according to the displacement of wine that we determine how much we're going to be mechaev, a nazir, right? At what point a nazir is chayev for having not just liquid uh, wine, but also grape products in the solid form. It's judged not by the displacement wa- of water, but by the displacement of wine. So that's that's a complex limit over here a little bit, how they have to arrive at that, and they do have to arrive at it at such, because in fact, both solids and liquids are also turned nazir, and that's the peculiarity here, because you're using a revius, which is a liquid volume, for certain solid uh, isurim. This was not lost on Rabari Leibowitz, and he brought out other examples where liquid and solids might uh, answer one for the other. Uh, for example, by Truma, it has the word Achila in the Torah as the Isser, and therefore the question is, what would be the shear for a liquid Truma, right? So there, too, he gives the example that the shear for liquid Truma consumption is a kazais. In other words, there's no reason there would be a revius, it would be a kazais. That's one where I think he remembers the source. I don't remember what his source was. But that, just to illustrate the idea that sometimes uh, liquid measures are brought down for solid things, this is a, a really perfect example of that. But be that as it may, that's what the word gefen supposedly means in the Pasuk, okay? figs. Remember? It's larger than a kazayas, you might recall. The Ritva points out here that it's, again, if you were just taking it out as a snack because that's what you're going to eat, so it's kind of carrying, but real carrying would require enough for you to eat and save for some for later. Okay, that, that's where we came up with the gorgeras and Hatzah. Okay. Um, so then, Rimon, the Tnan, where was this Mishnah and Caleb? Remember this one? How big would um, uh, would end, would would a um, bowl? How big would a hole in a bowl need to be before Laney throws it out? So for Laney to throw it out, it would need to be the size of the pomegranate. Anything smaller than that, she could figure out how to turn it into a fruit bowl. 
And this is all obviously talking about kalim, right? A kli is only mikabal tumah if it's a kli. Well, if it has a hole in it the size of a pomegranate or bigger, that's not even a kli. It's useless. Uh, you might recall that. I think that was in Ervin where we learned the different sizes and we arrived at the Rimon. Okay, that's, that's where you throw it out. Mind you, that's Balabatim. That's Laney. If you were the manufacturer, right, Beth, Bad, and, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, right, so then if it has even a little hole in it, you can't sell that as a bowl, right? So that's, that's where Balabatim comes in here. That for, but for personal use, you might still get some use out of it until it's that size. So that's Rimon. What about Eretz Zeis Shemen? Eretz Shekol Shirea Kazesim. Yeah, Zeis is the one we're used to. That's the most common one. But the Gemara says, Kol Shirea Salkadaitach? What do you mean, all? Ha'ika Hani Damrinan. We're just going through the whole list and we're saying, obviously, there's so many that are in a Kazais. So what are you saying, all is a Kazais? No, El Arema Shirov Shirea Kazesim. Calm down. We don't mean all, we just mean most. Okay. Dvash, Kechoseves Hagasabi Yomakipurim. Well, that's familiar from Yuma. Date honey teaches anything, right? The size we talked about at length about the koseves being the shear of Achila and Yom Kippur of Svia. Okay. All of this was to teach you, says the Gemara Amador Raisaninhu, right? From this statement of Rav, we see that the, that the shiurim are not Allah Moshe Misinai, but literally written in the Torah, in that Pasuk. So the Gemara says, really? The Tispera, do you really think that that's where we learn the shiurim? Does it sound like you, like, like, like we learned that like we had no idea what the shirim were. And then when we saw Eretz, Chitasara, Gefen, Teina, we knew immediately what the shirim were. Obviously not. Shirim, Miksivi, are they really written explicitly? No. Ela Hilchasa Ninhu Ukras Machtabehamahu. No. We have, Allah Chalamoshim Yisinai, that's what Hilchasa Ninhu means. And then the Pasuk here is an Asmachtabehama. The idea of Asmachta in itself is, is a fascinating idea. Um, does that mean that it's a, that, that, uh, Ari Leibowitz had like a little throw in that there's a, this, this is a sugya in Rosh Hashanah. I erroneously said that we're learning Rosh Hashanah next. We're learning Beitzah next, by the way. And then Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> but be that as it may, uh, and when we get to Rosh Hashanah Bezrat Hashem, Kra Asmachtahu. It's, uh, somewhere in there, he, he didn't say uh, right, right away explicitly where, but somewhere in there there's a discussion of Asmachta. What is an Asmachta? Is it a mnemonic? Is it a form of halakha l'mashimisina? What is this thing? But be that as it may, it's, let's assume it's a mnemonic, right? It's not halakha l'mashimisina as, uh, as, as evidenced by this Gemara. Okay. So now, so now we talked about that's shiurin, right? That pasuk was shiurin. Remember, the, the statement of Rav was shiurin, chatzitzin, right? And mechitzos. So what's chatzitzin? So chatzitzin, uh, the Gemara thinks, also is doraisa ninhu. Tzdichtiv verachatz es pesero b'mayim. The Pasuk says, when you go, right, we also learned this, Rechatz Mayim had relevance to the Karin Gadol, the dips in Anyam Kippur, as you might recall. So whenever it says you're washing your flesh, it means you're washing without any interpositions, right, without anything between you. You can't have anything between you and the water. That's the Raisa. The Gemara says, no, 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 this is what Rav means. Right, he understands that the idea that you're supposed to dunk without any thing between you and the water is certainly but when he's talking about that chatzitzin are um, when, chatzit, when he's talking about chatzitzin are he's talking about lesaro. he's talking about right things other than the, anything other than the flesh is going to be for his hair right that those chatzitzos how much are the is that going to be right constitute a chatzitza 
What do we mean? Like this. If you have one single knotted hair that's tied on itself, that, that can be tied so tight that the water doesn't go into that knot. And that's a problem. That creates a chatzitza. Because once it's so tight, it can constitute a chatzitza. As opposed to shalosh enan chotzitzos. When you have three that are interwoven on each other like braided, three hairs braided, so it's not so tight, which means the water can actually seep in. That's a good thing. In other words, once the water can see, seep in, that means that it's not a chatzitza, right? So that's a good thing. And so one is tight enough that it's a problem. Three is loose enough that it's not. And shtayim ain't yodea. And two, I don't really know. And so therefore, and therefore, uh, we're not sure what, what that halacha would be there. So, okay. Be, be that as it may, this idea, this kind of thing is what Rav is saying is halacha l'moshim Sinai. This question of the shiurim of this, this was not at all alluded to in Verchatz Pesorah You would not have intuited it from just that pasuk, and for that you need extra halachas. However, says the Gemara, Sa'ara na midaraisahu. No, that's also Midaraisa, why? Because the Chsev Rachas S Besarobamayim. Look at the puzzle carefully. S. What's S Besarob? If it had said Rachas Besarobamayim, it would have said, wash your flesh in water. No interposition whatsoever. But it says S Besarob. We know famously S usually means that which is subservient to it, support, whatever the word is, that which is secondary to it. So S Hatofalipsaro, right? S means, says the Gemara, that which is secondary to the flesh. And what would that be? My new saro. That's his hair. Okay. Hatofalipsaro is his hair. So fine. So the Gemara is saying again, So even though you're going to tell me that the hair is in fact something that is alluded to midoraisa as well, and therefore maybe that's not Allah Mashimi Sinai. No, there's an aspect of the hair that certainly is Allah Mashimi Sinai. As follows, as we turn to Vavam and at the precise time of six AM, Dvar Torah Rubo Umakpiralov Khoitzitz. Bisha Eno Makpiralov Eno Khotzitz. Aha. This is the issue. Min Torah. Okay. We would have learned hair minatora. Good. However, we would have thought minatora that only a certain uh, hairstyle is asr, is a chatzitza, as follows. That if ruba, what does ruba mean? Something astonishing. That the, well, it's actually a machlokas. Does it mean the majority of one's hair or the majority of one's body covered with hair? Those are two different things, but similar. In other words, if the majority of your body the reason this is confusing is because this never comes up, halacha l'maysa, pretty much. Uh, like, if, if um, Chewbacca, right, this is our first Star Wars reference, I think. If Chewbacca were matted down with knotted, dirty, matty, mangy hair, that would be one thing, right? That would be the majority of his body would be a chatzitza. Anybody else, it would be hard to imagine that the majority of their body is covered with hair, uh, that is that is matted or knotted, or even that the majority of their hair is matted, matted or knotted. So it wouldn't really be, right? Those are two ways of understanding it, but either way of understanding it is rare, right? For rubo to be, uh, to, to, to be covered, it would be rare. Anyways, the point is that min Torah, unless rubo of your body or ma- would, be, would, be, would be filthy and knotted, you would not have any chatzitza from your hair. 
That's, that's important to know. And it makes sense because your hair is kind of like part of you and even if it's dirty, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is makbina love. So there's two variables. The other, what does makbina love means? Means that you care. Like for example, you really don't want this. You'd rather get this off. So if it's like dirt and grime, you don't want that. That's makbina love. You want that washed off. That means it's foreign to you. That means it's a chatzitza. Giant question with braces. I had a famous Dayan show up at my office in Israel and inspect all of my materials and ask me, interrogate me with many questions. How long do the braces stay on? How long, I have to be honest about how long the braces are gonna stay on. That, for an orthodontist, that's a tough thing to do. How long are the braces gonna stay on? How long, uh, what's the procedure? Do the rubber bands stay on? Do the wires stay on? This is all very 19, well, this is all 2003, because now we're gonna do Invisalign aligners, which are removable, so that's great. As a matter of fact, uh, he thought that that was the best. The point is, I had many married women who were patients. And the question is, the braces are on for, let's say, a year, a year and a half, but then they're coming off. Is that makhpita love, right? There's a famous uh, chuva of Moshe Feinstein about dental fillings uh, and things of the like, or dental, uh, dental work. There's a big dental sugi as chatzitza. Right? How much are these foreign things? So it's a big dental sugya, it's a big uh, orthodontic sugya. Whether that is or isn't makhpit alav, because really it's something that's not part of you, but is it? So supposedly Rav Moshe held that it is part of you, especially if it's going to be uh, there for a certain time. But what about, you know that before you get a crown, a lot of times you get a temporary crown. So what if you're getting a temporary crown? A lot of times temporary crowns stay in there for a couple of months. So that per, that's by definition is going to involve probably a tefillah and the mikvah. So the woman has a temporary crown. Is she makhbita love or not? Fascinating questions about this makhbita love. Um, anyway, he, he ended up saying that, that, that braces are, this is a true story, that braces are so important. Relieving crowding is so important. Ideally, he'd want the women to get Invisalign. That would be much better. But if, even if they had to get braces, it would be, at least in terms of the halacha, like as essential as a pacemaker, so to speak, which is not obviously makhbita love, because you need to have it, because of, and he, and he ruled on this based on the essential quality, uh, the connection between periodontal disease and cardiac dis- disease and the inflammatory markers therein. I've gotten too dental here, but the point is that it's so important to keep periodontal health that you're supposed to keep your teeth straight because that promotes periodontal health and therefore even braces at the time. Now I would do Invisalign anyway, but that was a whole sugya on makhbita love and right, and, and, um, and chatzitza. So that's what eno makbida love, right? Eno chotzet, says the Gemara. Chotzet, v'she eno makbida love, um, or eno chotzet, v'gazra al rubo, she'eno, right, chotzet, v'she eno makbida, wait, do I tell him, rubo makbida love? Chotzet. V'she eno makbida love, eno chotzet. But if you're okay with most of it, with, with it being there, it's not going to be chatzitza, right? Again, so even if, in other words, midoraisa, even if most of your body was knotted, if you're kind of like, you know, a hippie and you don't care, right, with these dreadlocks on all of your body hair, then it's not going to be considered a chatzitza. However, v'gazra rubo she'eno makbid, mishim rubo ha-makbid. But they said, right, so there's four possibilities. There's makbid, eno makbid, rubo, not rubo. Right? So it's like a Punnett square. There's four possibilities. So the Gezeira der Abanan is that, it, that it's going to be that Rubo she'eno makbid, mishum Rubo ha-makbid, 
that even if you're not makbid, if most of the hair is going to be tied up, which is not really common, but if that's the case, it's going to be a gazera derabanan and it's a chatzitza. Ve'almi uto hamakbid, this is the one that you get a lot, right? In other words, even if it's a minority, even if it's on a small spot, if you're makbid, this is where we get into the halachas of the dental halachas. That's also going to be Asr Midarbanan. That's the only one that's really going to be uh, Mutter, even Midarbanan, is Mi'uto Ve'eno Makbid, right? Is when it's the minority of your, of your body. And also, you're not Makbid, that's the only time where it's going to be Mutter Midarbanan. Okay. Where the Gemara says, why is that one Mutter Midarbanan? Nami al Mi'uto Makbid. Maybe you should have a Gazer on that one. You know where this is going. So the Gemara is going to say, those, those other scenarios where it's only one of the Makbid or Rubo, right, those were themselves a Gezerah. We're not going to do a Gezerah or a Gezerah. And therefore that double recessive gene of the, of the square where you have the Eino Makbid and Eino Rubo is going to be Mutter because, it's not, because we're not going to do this Gezerah the Gezerah. Good. So we did Shiurin, Andrew. And we did chatzitzin. Are you ready for mechitzin? All right. So, in other words, right? So, shiurin, we said it's a smach So it is a lachal mishmi sinai. Rav is still good. Chatzitzin, we said, even though the idea is midar raisa, this detail midar abanan, it was a lachal mishmi sinai. So it's still good. What about mechitzos? Mechitzos Shabbos. So, hade amran. That's what we said. Right? We said that, we just said that a mechitza less than 10 tzvachim is not a valid wall. That's me. That's a lachal mishmi sinai. So he said, the Gemara asks, wait a minute, I can understand, right, that's Rabbi Yehuda, because we just said on Dafhei that we can learn it from the Aron. Uh, yeah, but Rabbi Meir learns it from the Aron, which is the Araisa. In other words, we just gave a whole explanation to Rabbi Yehuda that's Allah Chalam Hashem Sinai. What are you going to do with Rabbi Meir, who seems to indicate that this 10 Amos is the Araisa? How is he going to be consistent with the statement of Rav that the Mechitzos are... In fact, so that's what the Gemara is asking. How is Rabbi Meir going to reconcile with Rav that the that these are halachah l'moshim Sinai? So the Gemara answers: Oh, we're going to have these terms coming out of our ears, right? Good extending, uh, as we we learned a little bit in Shabbos and Erevin, the idea of. Good achis, good asik, the extension, the imaginary extension up and down. This is, we have to quote Birnbaum, he thinks Maseches, that the, the festival of Sukkos and Maseches Sukkah is all about place, I think he said. Um, other, it's a Hasidic ideas of what corresponds to time, what corresponds to space and place. Anyway, so we're going to have a lot of the imaginary, right, walls. So Lovud, right, the imaginary, uh, when, when anything within three tfachim. Right, the Salah al Mashimi Sinai, Dofin Akuma, famously, how do we handle a bent wall and how that, uh, is going to, right, relate to Hachasukas, all those things, Halach al Mashimi Sinai. So even Rabbi Meir is going to say, those are certainly aspects of Mechitzos. We saw those already in, in Shabbos and Ervin, how some applications of those, and we will yet see them again. And therefore it is those applications that are in fact halacha l'moshe misinai, even according to Rabbi Meir. And therefore consistent with Rav's statement that mechitzos and, right, chatzitos and shiurim have aspects, although they have aspects of right, so they have aspects as well that are halacha l'moshe misinai. And that's really our general worldview here, right? That halacha l'moshe misinai covers a lot of this, 
But there's some details that can be argued because maybe they were lost or maybe they, they're, they're, it's more specific than what was Allah called Moshe Misenai. There are some aspects of it that maybe even are written in the scripture itself that is more basic. And Allah Moshe Misenai guides us somewhere in between. Okay, very good. Two dots, ten lines down, Vavim Beis. Here we go. What do the Gemara say? What do the Mishnah say? The Sukkah famously, you know, Andrew, a Sukkah does not necessarily have four complete walls. We're going to learn that it can have even some pieces of walls. The Rabbi said that you can have two full walls, proper. And the third one can even be just a tefach long. Rabbi Shimon Omer, so there we have a machlokas in the Bryson. Do you need to have two fully, uh, fully fledged, full fledged walls and a, and a piece, or is it three full fledged walls and a piece? What could their machlokas possibly be based on? The pasuk just says sukkah. So what are you doing? How do you know this machlokas? The Gemara is going to analyze. mother of Masaris, mother of Mikra, like this. Uh, this is a already machlokas we've seen before. Masaris and Mikra means like this. When you have a Pasuk, so there's a way of reading it, and there's a way of writing it. Writing it is Masaris, reading it is Mikra, as the word sounds, Mikra. They're both Masaras that are passed down. Uh, and so, some, and usually, both, by the way, are adhered to. This is important to, to understand. Usually, you get something out of, you learn something from the way it's written, the Masaurus, and from the way it's read, the Mikra. However, there are some cases where the two interpretations are going to be in conflict, and you, and you don't know which one to give primacy to. Well, which one to give primacy to is, in fact, a machlokas, right? So, Rabbi Shimon, right? So, so we're going to see, right? Rabbi Shimon is going to say, uh, the, the Tanakama, they're, they're going to say, yesh aim the Masaurus to how it's written, and Rabbi Shimon is going to say, Perhaps there's a primacy to how it's read as follows. Why so? Because it says, if you look at all the psukim, basukos, 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 twice is chaser without a vav, and once it's male with a vav. Okay. Whenever you have it, right, without a vav, it's mashma single. Whenever you have it with a vav, it's mashma plural. Even though all of the words are sukos. When you read it, right, when the bar mitzvah boy lanes it, it sounds like plural all the way. Sukos, sukos, sukos. So yesh ein lemasoros means look at how it's written. In two of the three, it's written with no vav, which even though that's a weird way to say it, it's singular, you would say basuka if you were really saying it's singular. But the Torah is trying to send you a message by writing it, sukos, without a vav, to teach you two single, one double, harekan arba, says the Gemara, right? One plus one plus two is four. Dal chad Let's take one pasuk out to teach you, right, that just to introduce the concept of sukkahs, and assuming, and presumably if you take one out, you're going to take, the, I guess, the first one or whatever, the smallest one, and the one meaning one of the chaser ones, and you're left with three. You're left with three. Once you're left with three, well, we know that one of the three, obviously, is going to be, we're going to be Jewish, and we're going to say that one of them doesn't have to be full. We're going to see where and how uh, we know that, but we know let's call it halakha Moshe Misenai, right? We know that one, that, in other words, that if you, 
we know that even if we required four walls, that the fourth one was going to be able to be, right, just a partial. That much we know, so if you hold that the total is three, because again, four, because one taken away to teach you the concept, and then the third, so which left with three, and then the third one we know is the one that is, can be smaller, that left with, two full-fledged ones, the came and reduced that third wall, the Ukma Tefach, and established that a Tefach of that wall is enough, as we'll see. And bada bing, bada boom, two and a piece is the Tanakama. Whereas Rabbi Shimon, Savay Yeshim Lamikra. Rabbi Shimon holds, no. You go with the way it's read. Well, when you read Sukkos, 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 the Bar Mitzvah boy reads them all the same, and they all sound, in fact, plural. Basukos, 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 as if they all have a Vav. Harekan Sheish. If each one is plural, that's two times three is six. Dal chad Take one of them for itself. Well, now, whichever one you take, they're all two. So you're going to be left with four. Pashulahu arba. So then you're left with four walls, even when you take one away. Shalosh kehilchasan. And then that just means, based on the Lachal Mashmi Sinai, that if you're going to say four walls, then only three are going to need to be proper. Asai hilchasar grasal arvias. And that Lachal Mashmi Sinai is going to take the fourth wall and diminish it, and that one could be done with only a tefach, and so hence the explanation of Rabbanan versus Rabbi Shimon with regards to how you have two plus versus three plus. Okay? That's one way to understand the machlokas. Yeshem the mikra, yeshem the mesoris. If you want, <laughs> I could tell you that the machlokas was based on the following. I could have a different permutation of this as follows. The chulei alma yeshem the mikra. Let's say everybody agree. Everybody agrees it's the way you read you read it, and I can see why you would say that because after all, it says Sukkos, right? It, it, don't tell me it's it's hard. You know, it's not hard to believe that it meant Sukkos plural in each of those allusions to Sukkah. Well, if they're all holding that Yeshem Lamikra and therefore it's in the plural, so then your starting point with six Sukkos. So what would be the Machlokes? Well, again, this idea before that this question of whether the initial, right, the initial one, the covering, the schach, requires a separate pasuk, right, is uh, a debate that the chachamim hold that just a schach also is going to need, right, a separate pasuk to teach you that it is that 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 you have schach, right? That's going to be the pasuk. Therefore. Right, you can only have only three out of the four uh, allusions to the sukkah are available to teach you how many walls you need. Umar Savar, Schachalo by Krabber, Shimon holds that you don't need the Pasuk for the Schach. What does that mean, Rashi? We already said in Sukkah Daf Bez that Rashi is going to be pounding this idea that from the word sukkah we apply, we imply, right, Schach. Rashi keeps saying that. What is he saying? That very first Rashi on the Mishnah in Beis Aleph, that sukkah implies, the Shem Schach Kari Sukkah is very important. Sukkah means, is defined as, says Rashi, a structure that provides shade and cover. A structure that provides shade and cover. So by definition, Schach is implied. So according to Rashi, any other, any other thing is hard to believe that you would have a sukkah without it. 
right? This is some some hold that this is a raya against Rebbe Zera, as you might recall from Davvez, right? That it has anything to do with the shade, has anything to do with the constructions of the walls, right? We this that's how that's how primary the schach is to the sukkah. But be that as it may, right? That becomes here a machlokas rabban Rebbe Shimon according to this vibais ema as to whether the schach itself would require a pasuk. Okay, and that could be the source of the machlokas, right? Because again, according to Rav Shimon, right, it says you don't need a pasuk, so all four remaining, right, allusions to the sukkah can be used to teach you how many walls are needed, and therefore it's, and we know again, as we mentioned, all of these cases, the final wall, the last wall, in this case, the fourth and final wall, there's going to be a lachla mosh mesina that can only be a tafach. Another way of looking at the machlokas is the chuleyam yesh em masaris. That everybody agrees it's the way it's written. Well, as we recall, the way it's written is twice chaser, once male, for a total of four. Right? So Rabbanon holds that this is how the halacha Mashina Sinai works. It takes the last wall that's right alluded to in the Pasuk. So you have one, one, and two for a total of four. And the last one is teaching you that the last wall can be, in fact, uh, diminished. To a tefach, legareah. Umar savar kesayachasalahosif. But if Shimon holds that it's to add to the wall, be, so therefore, besides the three walls, there has to be a fourth wall that leads to tefach long. So wait, so the Chachamim hold legareah. All oh, right, either way, they hold three walls because one is going to need to be, I'm sorry. If you hold yesh em lemesoris, so then you hold that there's three walls, right? Because it's one. One and two for a total of four, but the first one is to teach you the actual concept of sukkah, right? So the rabbanon are going to say that it's going to be the three walls, but the third wall is diminished, and thus you just need two and change. And right, Rabbi Shimon is going to hold that no, that's the hosif, which is to say that the halacha lemoshim Sinai, So here we see, even within the idea of the halacha lemoshim Sinai, it's a perfect illustration. Halacha lemoshim Sinai is simply, according to the shita, that one of the walls could be a tefach. But does that mean that, that if you need three walls, that that third wall could be a tefach? Or does it mean that if you have three walls, that the fourth wall can in fact be a tefach? But not the third wall, that would have to be full. That, says the Gemara, is the third possibility as to what the machlokas, the Tanakam and Rishimim is. We have a total of five possibilities here as to what the machlokas is, whether it's two and change or three and change. Finally, uh, another one. Let's say everybody holds, as we assumed, that the Lachal Moshim Sinai is not debatable as to whether it's to add a shtickle of wall or to say that the third wall can be a tefach, but rather everyone agrees that that final wall, whether you hold it's the third or the fourth wall, can be a tefach. But what's the machlokas? Right? And Furthermore, everybody holds that it's not the way it's read, but the way it's written. If you said, again, the way it's read, then they, all three allusions sound like plural. But if it's the way it's written, it's sukos, sukos, chaser. That's one and one, plus sukos, male is another two for a total of four. So everybody holds that the beginning was four. And that one of the four is, right? And, and, and everyone holds that the beginning, is, that you have four, Right? Sukkos, sukkos, two chaser, one male, that's one, one, and two, is four. And everyone holds that the halachal mashim is, whichever is the last wall, is going to be able to be a tefach. So then what could be machlokas? Everybody should hold that you should have three walls plus a tefach, that the fourth wall could be a tefach. No, the machlokas is, right, this concept of whether tchilos, the initial mention of sukkos, 
is used for one of the walls or just to teach you to introduce the concept, that's the machlokas. Mar savar dershin tchilos, umar savar ain't dershin tchilos. So Shimon is going to say that we can be dorish tchilos, which is to say that the fourth wall, even though it, it can double up, right? Even though we're learning it to introduce the concept, we can also double up. In other words, it says Sukkos four times. So the first time mentioned Sukkos, but as a separate thing, we could say we learned something from the fact that Sukkos is mentioned four times. Those are two separate things, as opposed to Mar Savar and Dorsh and right? The, the Rabbanon are going to hold that the first mention you can't learn from. In other words, the fact that we learn something from the fact that it's mentioned uh, four times, you can't say that the one, that you can't double down, in other words, right? You can't double dip. You can't say that we learned the first mention of sukkahs to teach you the concept of the walls of the sukkah and then double dip and say that that mention can be used as the fourth wall. Hence, the machlokes is, we know that the last wall is going to be a tefach, a shtickle is enough. We just don't know whether the last wall is the fourth wall, if you are dorish chilos, or if it's in fact the third wall. Because if you can't be dorish chilos, that means that there's only three walls and that, that are absolutely necessary and is thus that third wall that needs that extra shtickle. And with the final minute here, says Rav Masna Amar, the fifth uh, and final suggestion, time of the Rav Shimon Mahacha. The Rav Shimon said that you need a fourth wall from here. That you need a sukkah that's going to shade you from heat and protection from the storm and from the rains. And therefore, uh, I can understand, all right, if the third, if you have three walls, and then the fourth wall, you're going to say, okay, it could be an opening, that's fine. It's still protective because three walls is enough to be protective. But two and change, that's a pretty massive cross breeze in the case of a storm, and that's just not going to be enough. And so we're going to pick up, we're going to pick up tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, three lines up from the bottom, above and base, but that becomes the fifth and final suggestion as to what the Machlokis, Rabbi Shimon, and the Tanakama is, whether it's two in a shtickle or three in a shtickle, what is the orientation of this extra shtickle of this tefach will be the sub, where we begin the subject of our Gemara tomorrow. Bezat Hashem.